7 billion humans on Earth can't all like the same drink. That's why Circle K has Polar Pop and Froster. Pick your flavors and make that 1 in 7 billion mix just right for you. Polar Pop and Froster, just 79 cents each at Circle K. Limited time only at participating locations. Shut up and sit down. person. I forgot to feed my dogs earlier, so I'm doing that now. I called my mother before the show because she hadn't called me and we hadn't made our plans for tomorrow. And she told her I had to go because I was going to get on the air in a few minutes. And she said, on the air? And I said, yeah, on my radio show. And she said, well, don't say anything I wouldn't say. And there was silence from both of us. And she said, so you can pretty much say whatever the fuck you want. I'm like, yeah, that's what I figured. So there you go. Anyways, today I did shopping, sacrificed my plants to the plant god because I'm pretty sure they're going to die. Either I water plants too much or I don't water plants at all. I once killed bamboo. I can't be trusted, obviously. Bamboo lives in water. I killed bamboo. It lives in water. <sighs> I don't even know why I bothered to plant them. Anyways, it's a nice topic. <laughs> Tonight's topic is Rodney McKay, the character from Stargate Atlantis. And I have a whole bunch of questions on my live journal, so I'll be looking at those. And also, talking about my story work. So, wow, chat room's kind of busy tonight, 34 users. Remember, if you're in the chat room, to put your font up on 22. So... You're not using itty-bitty tiny font. It won't make my head hurt. And I left my Tylenol downstairs. I was going to take some. That's not an advertisement. I don't get paid to advertise for Tylenol. I don't get paid to advertise for anybody. Although Blog Talk did offer me that. I just don't think, you know, I want to do that. Because then they'll be like telling me I can't talk about the shit I want to talk about. You know, censoring me. Or whatever. Or I'd end up doing porn ads, which honestly wouldn't bother me at all. But do you guys really want to hear me do porn ads? I don't think so. Anyways, Rodney McKay. I always said that McKay's my favorite character on Stargate, and he is. He is one half of my OTP, my one true pairing for Stargate, and that's McKay Shepard. <sighs> Anyways, 
fuck you, original Tempest. I'm a little out of, I have asthma and it's hot here. So I'm a little and I was outside. I'm a little winded. So, um, fuck you in your eye, original Tempest. In your eye. Anyways. In the eye. Oh, Marley's in the chat room. How is Marley in France? <clears throat> yeah, it's supposed to hurt. Original Tempest, it is supposed to hurt. So, McKay. The first story I ever wrote with McKay as a character was Dark Places in the Soul. And I paired him with Evan Lorne in a romantic I love you forever kind of relationship. And that's actually the only time I've done that where I've paired him with someone other than uh, John. And in that story, um, Rodney is uh, vindictive and a little vengeful. And there's even actually a actually a scene in that particular series where <clears throat> there was some question of whether or not Evan, his his partner, could face charges for for violating um, "Don't Ask, Don't Tell," uh, and <laughs> it was pointed out to Rodney that there was actually a policy in place that no one messed, that everybody knew Rodney was gay, and if he had a partner, no no one messed with that partner because no one wanted to lose McKay as an asset for the government. So in, in, in that way, just Rodney being an asshole was protecting Evan from facing charges um, for their activities together. Anyways, so that's the first time I wrote Rodney early on, and that series focuses mostly on Ronan and Keller, and I got over that. You're welcome. <laughs> and then I, uh, you know, I'm going to have to use my inhaler. I apologize. Um, it's so muggy here. It's, it's, it's miserable. And I... Uh, Um, yeah, there's my inhaler. I got a new inhaler. It's really cool. It's got numbers on it. I don't know how many doses I have left. It's pretty slick. <sighs> Anyways, I, hold on. I never finished Dark Places in the Soul, and it is actually the only series on my site that I can tell you that I will never, ever finish. And it's because I got so harassed and so irritated um, by the Het fans in uh, Stargate. They drove me crazy, and then they got really pissy about the Flash that I put in it, and I got a lot of crap, and I got really mad. And so I said, fuck it. And I swore on my magic on Live Journal that I would never, ever, ever, ever in a million years finish it. Um, and so I'm never, ever going to finish it. Anyways, uh, the second series that I wrote with Rodney McKay was what might have been, which is kind of like my... Uh, I think it's kind of like the heart of my work as a fan fiction writer, what it might have been. It's, um, it's romance and sacrifice, and um, it's dark, and it's 
It's about living a good life in a mean world, I think, and having to um, make sacrifices for your family and for, in some cases, for some people in the series, for your world. And um, Rodney is on the outskirts of Stargate Command when what might have been starts. And he is... Recovering from a heart attack, uh, emotionally, physically, the Asgard healed him, so physically he has no um, recovering to do. But emotionally and intellectually, he he suffered for that heart attack in a variety of ways. And so when John comes back to Earth, Rodney has kind of um, stepped back from the Stargate Command, and he's running a bar, and he's being an asshole, and he's kind of working, but he's kind of not. And uh, the powers that be are more than willing to pimp John out to get McKay back. And what's interesting about what might have been for me is that uh, it it's easily my most um I think in a lot of ways what might have been is the most a u work I've done because especially when it comes to stargate um Atlantis, I mean they're on earth, Atlantis has been abandoned um you don't meet the race until Ring of Fire, and so, which is the second, which is the sequel series to what might have been, and so, in a lot of ways, what might have been is like just as an AU as I could possibly get. You know, it's it's on Earth. It um, there's no Atlantis really. It uh, it centers around John and Rodney building this relationship with each other and then building themselves a family. And um, there's a kid in it, um, which is kind of unique um, as far as, like, it being John and Rodney being parents for me. Um, so there's that. And it's just um, – there There came a point when I was writing what might have been that I realized it was going in a really dark direction. And instead of taking it into that dark, dark, dark place – I chose to end it where I did as far as what might have been goes. So I created a universe that someone who doesn't like to read dark stuff doesn't have to read Ring of Fire to feel like they've gotten the complete story. At least that's my point of view. I believe that what might have been stands on its own. And it's it's fine the way it is. And you don't have to read Ring of Fire to to get a complete story. And that's because Ring of Fire is going to be, it starts out really dark. Because the first thing that happens in Ring of Fire is that Patrick kills a whole bunch of people in front of Sebastian. So Ring of Fire is very much a a dark piece. And so uh, that's why I ended it there. And McKay's journey in in what might have been is is, is huge. I think in some ways... um, you only get part of John's journey and, and what might have been, and his big moments come in, in Ring of Fire um, as a character. But Rodney goes from a place where he's basically insulated himself from stress and from hurt to a situation where he is 
uh, totally open to stress and heartbreak and fear and he that kind of goes a little crazy for him because there's a point in what might have been where he almost kills himself where he seriously considers killing himself and writing that for me was um I was iffy on it when I when I started February song I I wasn't sure where I was going to go with it I had a plot and what I plotted and what you got are in two <laughs> entirely separate things. Uh, February's song originally wasn't going to be what it became. And, of course, John was kidnapped at the beginning of it. And, of course, that was, you know, the premise of February's song was that Rodney dealing with John Hello? Can you all hear me? Hello? Does anybody hear me? Ah, excellent. Apparently I have sound. This is interesting. Um, huh. <laughs> How the hell did I get so lucky? Um, one of the weird things um, with the... Yes, hello all. Um, one of the weird things with the, the – yes, we did this last week, Robin, um, with, Rob, uh, with Robin McKay and how everything works is that she keeps his voice so clear um, throughout all of it. I, I'm going to mention my question. I don't know what uh, – that I put on Kira's uh, live journal – which was that I was wondering how she kept his voice or how, how she kept him from being a character of the canon Rodney McKay we all know and love because as far as the powers that be are concerned, um, I don't know what you're hearing, guys, but I've only got my background noises. Um, the... The powers that be, from everything I remember hearing about Rodney McKay when he originally, or when we were originally on the air with the show, was that he was a well, he that he was a coward. All right, and yet the actions that we saw on the show were of anything but a guy who uh, could be considered a coward. He scared out of his mind knowing exactly what could go wrong every step of the way, and he stepped up. And, uh, Melaine, um, you asked, didn't he admit to dying? Dying when? Because the number of times Rodney McKay almost died was was a large number. Original Tempest says, courage is acting in the face of fear or in spite of it. That's true. Everybody, everybody saw how he stepped up. Um, Melanie says um, that he died in what might have been. Basically, he did. He, heart attacks are no joke. He, he damn near died. 
all right? And it's um, not a good time had by all for that day. Um, actually, guys, I think I do know what the, the sound is in my background. My husband's watching the radio in his, his um, office, so we're probably hearing the tag end of that. Oh, yes. Um, Melanie says that uh, when he tells uh, John that he did die, he saw himself as the Asgard healed him. For all we know, the Asgard uploaded him into the, the uh, computer like they did Jack, you know. Um, when you're doing a complete refurbishing of a body, they may just have uploaded him. So, and Cinnamonian mentions you don't have an absence of fear unless you're a sociopath. This is true. All right. It's um, interesting. So, the Rodney McKay we see in Kira's stuff is very much a guy who is, no matter what his fear is, he's still managing to make it. Okay. Capricious Twilight says, Rodney's all, Rodney always knows how impossible the chance is for surviving all of these adventures, but Rodney continues to go out when he's scared. Rodney is the most courageous of, of everyone. In a lot of ways, I think he, he's one of the most courageous characters in there. So, <laughs> yeah, there is that. I don't know where Kara is, guys. I don't have any clue. So, <laughs> Sorry, my phone oh. died. Literally, I mean, my my phone line went dead. That's so um, bizarre. Did you know what in? happened? <laughs> yes. um, I was Again, talking about literally how... every phone in my house is dead. I mean, like, oh. all out ability whatsoever. I'm using my cell phone. <sighs> That's not good. Um, <laughs> basically, what I was talking about was how uh, Rodney is one of the most courageous characters out there, despite the fact that the powers that be described him as the biggest coward in the group. And that despite the fact that he um, knew every single thing that could go wrong and was scared out of his mind, he still stepped up. All right. And there's a lot of people on, on chat who are saying the same thing. Marley says, I already said that in canon that Roddy was not a coward. The guy was an academic, and without training, they put him in the field and told him to follow. So they did. They handed him a gun. They handed him a vest, and and they said, you know, basically, you're a soldier now. Step up. So. I don't think that, um, um, I don't believe that McKay was written as a coward. Uh. He was written as he was written as um, uh, arrogant and mm-hmm. selfish and thoughtless. Kavanaugh was written as a coward. Oh yes, most decidedly, he's he's the classic one. But from I, I remember a interview with David Hewlett where he said that you know um, Rodney was a coward. He was not brave. He was not, you know, all the... the but see, that's just uh, absolutely not true. No. He really wasn't. And so that's what one of the things that always got me about the whole process. So. 
Senna is saying that you have a gun and a Cisco. Uh, for, for <laughs> How does this sound? Because I'm using my cell phone um, headset. A trifle tinny. Does this sound canned or creepy, tinny? I'm not Slightly sure what I can do about it. Not much you can. I'm, I'm willing to bet I sound a lot the same. So... Well, there's not much but, I can do because my house phone is being crazy. Yeah. Oh, it sounds like when I'm in the car, apparently. Okay. <laughs> it's got Sorry, a guys. super busy, busy, busy signal on my house phone, whatever that means. Like, you know, fast busy versus a regular busy. Sounds like somebody hit something they shouldn't have and took out your phone lines. Um, yes. I believe have- that uh, Rodney is afraid. And I think some mm-hmm. people, and maybe even David Hewlett is, is guilty of this, confuse being afraid with being a coward. True. Um, but it isn't the same thing at all. In fact, Mm-mm. bravery is being afraid and doing it anyway. That's what it means to be brave. It's fearing something and conquering that fear in order to do what needs to be done. Right. Now, a quick question. Do you have access to chat at all? I do. Okay. Because there's actually a question from Marley's son, Lucas, uh, on here where he asked when his team saw him as a courageous person, Don Taylor. Um, uh, she says, I believe, with the energy cloud. You know, did they see him as courageous then? Hi, Lucas. <laughs> yes, hello, um, Lucas. I think that uh, when it comes to, especially that episode with the energy cloud, that Taylor hadn't formed a real opinion of McKay yet, but mm-hmm. John had. And yeah, Rodney blew that out of the water. Mm-hmm. Because that whole episode is built around McKay's fear. Is the reason he's wearing that device is because he's so afraid of what's going to happen. And more, and when I wrote uh, this episode for Sentinels of Atlantis, I focused on the idea that. John would be insulted by the idea that Rodney had something to fear on Atlanta. Mm-hmm. That he wasn't, that, that Rodney felt like that John wasn't capable of protecting him. Now, in Sentinels of Atlantis, the device actually had a different purpose. And I knew that going in. I still played with that concept. When, when McKay's wearing the shield in that episode, he it won't come off because he's afraid. And then when they develop a plan to get rid of this energy cloud, <laughs> it pops right off because it's the last thing he wants to do is be bait <laughs> for this nasty, horrible energy cloud that's already killed people. Uh-huh. Actually, it hadn't killed anybody. And it just knocked them basically unconscious, I thought. I thought it killed somebody. Um, I believe it killed somebody. I don't think so, because if I remember right, it was, one of them was Ford, and they got run over. But I thought it killed an Athosian. 
I thought it killed somebody. I don't, I don't remember. Well, I haven't watched that damn thing in oh, eight years. Uh, I got really fed up with the, with the canon. Yeah, canon shmanon. See, Melanie's saying in the episode it killed one person off screen after it was not, after it knocked a few unconscious. Okay. Thank you, Melanie. Thank you, Melanie. And um, so Rodney doesn't want to do this, but the shield is only going to work for him, so he decides to do it. Yep. And conquering that fear changes John's opinion of McKay. Because I don't believe John ever thought that being afraid of something equals being a coward. Because really, as a soldier, when you go into a situation with no fear, you're not an asset. Yeah, you're, you're a problem. You're a real big problem. Yep. You're a time bomb. Exactly, Melanie. Exactly. So um, being brave is, is not the absence of fear. It's the conquering of fear. And I believe that when it comes to McKay, that is the biggest plot point of him throughout the series is that he continually, continuously over and over and over again puts aside his fear, mm-hmm. except when it comes to women. Because you see that fear again in the episode where um, where Rodney uh, <laughs> is going to propose to Katie. Oh, God, that poor bastard. <laughs> He just loses it. He just he just completely loses it. Yeah. He just completely b- boom. He just goes, and she gets a she gets a full on face full of McKay, and um and all his neurosis. He can't handle it. Yeah. And that he man's got a it. lot of neuroses. So, um, and um, you know. Mhm. Anyways, that's it. So, I was on what might have been. What is that beeping noise? Beeping noise is possibly on my side. No. Okay. Yeah, I don't. I don't know if I have a beeping noise over here or not. Oh, exactly. It was me. It was me. Beep. It it was me. I was um, hitting the volume button on my cell phone. Um, Ah. Okay. Who knew? Don't get to play with that anymore. I don't know yeah. what the mysterious ticking noise is. Um, um, the last time it was beeping is because my headset hadn't been charged. This is an entirely different circumstance. I was hitting the volume button on my cell phone, and it was telling me it was as loud as it was ever going to be. And I think the ticking noise is on my side because I have a fan going in my background. Sorry, guys. <laughs> Okay. Um, so, in I forget what I was saying about what might have been, you guys. What might have been? Totally out of the blue. With um, I don't know <laughs> what I was saying. Sorry. Um, I'm sorry. I stepped up. I wanted to make that, sure it actually went through. <laughs> but um, I don't know. I don't know where I was because I, I I can't get it back. So we're gonna have to move on. February song. <laughs> well, I was talking February about the February song and um. 
the uh, the idea that Rodney was so far gone that the idea of living without John was something he couldn't get past. And what what I wanted you to get away from that, um, to get the reader, is that in the end, Rodney didn't choose to live for himself or his sister or his niece. He chose to live for John. He backed away from killing himself because of the idea of what John would think if John came back. Yeah, it's um, it took a while. It took some it took some heavy thought and a great deal of booze. You know, but he, he didn't want to do that to John, and absolutely nobody no. else in that situation counted, not even himself. Nope. And he honestly, Melanie, um, she said in the chat room he wanted an excuse to live. No, that's not Mm-mm. the way I wrote it. That was not my intention at all at, at any point during that scene. That scene was about Rodney. Rodney is obsessive. He's obsessive he about his work. I don't know if I go that far, actually, as a character himself, no. But he's obsessive in, um, in very uh, unique ways, emotionally needy ways. And mm-hmm. I wanted to mirror that in, in what might have been. And he, his attachment to John isn't healthy. It's not. It's a very uh, codependent and unhealthy John's just, attachment. John's just as wrapped into it. And John is, but John's is different because John's is animalistic. And instinctual, because John's mm-hmm. not human. No. But Rodney, his his attachment is deeply emotional, and it borders on psycho- psychopathological. I mean, it's it, there's a there's a pathology in his love that's ugly, and um, needy, and not particularly healthy. And when I realized how far gone I'd gone with the characters, I realized I needed to give some balance to their relationship. And that's why later on um, you get a wild and wicked wind. And that wild and wicked wind is Sebastian. Mm-hmm. He, he, he blows into their lives and, and refocuses they're very obsessional love for each other. And it's through Sebastian that they get a little more healthy. They turn out they're not so much, they don't, they orbit each other, but they don't orbit that close anymore. They're not, they, they're not going to burn each other out. They stop being two, they stop being two and become three. Mm-hmm. And that's important. It's super important because it creates a situation where they don't just live for each other. 
they live for him too. Mm-hmm. And it... That, Are you dead again? Apparently you're dead again. Can you not okay. Hear me? I can hear you. Hello? Hello? I wasn't dead. Was I dead? I don't know. There was a brief silence. Um, I have a question. Most frustrating fucking experience of my of my old life. What? All right, is the phone plugged in? Yes. I just just. (laughs) By the way, this is this is our. As most of you know by now, these are our conversations. Okay, my phone's back. So hold on. Oh, hey, even better. I don't know what's going to happen. Well, this is going to be interesting. <laughs> <laughs> One of the things that I found when I reread um, Stargate Atlantis Fix that were favorites um, once upon a time, and I come across the Rodney McKay who spends more time doing the Kermit flail and the oh, my God, pay attention to my brain and acting like an asshole, and not a redeemable asshole, but just a straight-up asshole, I don't enjoy the the story as much Um, because that's not the Rodney I like anymore. Um, I am very happy with a Rodney McKay who is extraordinarily strong internally and has got absolutely no problems um, showing how strong he is externally. You know, so... I fucking hate my phone, and I I hate my headset, and... That good of hate, a day, huh? Hate, 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 It's just been a really terrible fucking day. Because you know what? I go to Target, and all I want in the whole free fucking world is some CO2 from my goddamn soda stream, right? So I go over there, and I see this asshole I dated 10 years ago, who, by the way, was a lousy fuck. Lousy. (laughs) And that was, like, reason number two that I dumped him, okay? And so, anyways... I dated him like my sophomore summer of college. And so it's been more than 10 years. And fuck y'all all for doing the math. Okay, fuck you. So anyway. I love you so, deeply, so. Okay. And he's, he was terrible. He was terrible. And I told you what he said on Facebook. I'm not going to repeat it here. Um, because, you know, that my, my Facebook is private and this is not. <laughs> and anyway, it was... Well, Chris, here's the thing about dating somebody. You don't know they're a lousy fuck until you actually fuck them. Unless you have a friend that tells you. Well, yeah. Because sometimes appearances can be deceiving. He can be really attractive, and this guy was. And he could be really articulate, and this guy was. And he could be really interesting to talk to, and this guy was. And he could be hung like a horse. And for the record, this guy was. But apparently he, he couldn't, couldn't have, use what... But he couldn't have fucked his way out of a wet paper sack. That's depressing. And it was, oh, That's... oh. So I go, I come home. 
I come home and I put my shit away and then I go to the grocery store. And for those of you who are not aware, who are not on my Facebook or on my Twitter or wherever wherever the fuck I put that, every asshole in America was in my grocery store. So if the asshole in your life was missing, that's because he flew or drove here and was in my goddamn grocery store. Okay? And... They they can't park. They can't drive. I got hit by two different carts. I cussed out um, four people before I even got near a Starbucks counter. And I'm actually surprised. The self checkout was broken, and I had to go through a fucking cashier, and I didn't. I, you know what? I like things to be done a certain fucking way, okay? And I wanted my groceries to be packed a certain fucking way, and they had this little kid down there fucking not doing what I wanted. And and I couldn't go through self-checkout, which I prefer. I prefer self-checkout, but they were all down, and it was really annoying. And so I had to go to this stupid cashier, and she has this stupid boy who's packing my groceries in an extremely stupid fucking terrible, no good, just way, and then I get home, and I call my husband from my car to let him know he needs to come out helping me with groceries, but he didn't hear me, because the one time this motherfucker puts on his headphones is when I need him to come to the goddamn door to get the fucking groceries out of my car. Uh-huh. Because God forbid he wear, he wear his headphones any other fucking time. Right? Would right? You, did you realize I really wish I was living near you so I could have helped you today? Oh, my God. <laughs> and so I had to bring all the fucking groceries in by myself because otherwise I had to come in the house, go down the fucking stairs into the man cave to bitch at him about not answering the goddamn phones. It was just actually easier to bring all my groceries in, in myself, and then... I put all my shit away, and I'll be goddamned if I didn't get the one thing I went to the fucking grocery store for. So, tomorrow, when I'm with my mother, I have to go to Walmart. (laughs) And if that isn't like the fucking icing on the shit cake of my week, I don't know what is. It's oh, oh God! And you know what? Also, I chipped my toenail polish. And fuck you! I can't believe you're laughing at my pain. This is terrible. This is terrible. Okay, here's the thing. I'm okay, hold on, because your pain, um, because Frank. What? Mm. I don't even know. And then my fucking phone messes up during my goddamn radio show. And it's just like, you know, just, it could one more thing. Could one more fucking thing. I feel like I'm in my cousin Vinny. Okay, did you see the... The only thing I'm missing is Marissa Tomei's biological clock going... I'm just saying. Uh Uh-huh. You're making OT's evening, by the way. Well, I'm glad you enjoyed your fucking self, asshole. (laughs) Were you in my grocery store, too? Really? Were you? I was at work. 
I'm in I, original I, Tempest. I know where you were. Yeah, I was not on the phone with you to help you know, walk you through this. That way you didn't sit there and cuss people out. It's just... It, stab, 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 stab. I mean, it's just been a fucking day. It's just been a fucking week and a fucking month, and my period lasted 14 fucking days, and I had a headache for a year. It's just... There you go. Yeah. My plants are dying. And, guys, this is why my nickname for her is Rodney. Because... Well, if I'm going to have an on-air rant, it might as well be during McKay's show. Yes, it, Anyways. it, it fits right in. I was doing really Anyways. good up until the end. So what might have been is um, a big emotional journey for, for Rodney, and, and that's where... Um, he grows up emotional. I was begging, did certain. you need something? A million dollars. Did you guys hear that? Yeah. Anyway, no. <clears throat> he was whispering. He doesn't want to be on the air with you bitches. Uh, I told mine that he might have to be. He was fine with it. <sighs> I stepped out of the womb, Azure, this way. Uh-huh. I didn't slide out. I stepped out like a boss. All six pounds of me. <laughs> Ready to cop an attitude with somebody. Is there your feelings are not hurt? Don't even try. Innocent, you are not. Really. Anyways. 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 Okay. So, um, I actually have some callers. Uh, let's see. Hello. Hi, Kaz. How are you? How are you? Oh, jeez, she me to. Uh, it's the Kaz. Did um, <laughs> Did you enjoy my little my little mini meltdown? I apologize. Not really. Uh, no, um, no need to apologize. Um, I'm pretty sure I have sounded like that myself on more than one occasion. That's how I could sympathize because you know I could make it like a book on because I used to drive this uh, one of my landlords, you know, he played bridge like five times a week and I volunteered to help him out and all that stuff and in lieu for him and board. And I could make a book on my bitching about fucking drivers. You know, like oh my, oh my god, mother. I almost reared two people on purpose. I came this close. Like you can't even see the air between my fingers. See rear ending somebody in the parking lot on purpose. Because <laughs> I'm older and I have from, more insurance. Right. Yeah, What's yeah. that scene from Fried Green Tomatoes? Yeah. The Wanda! I'd have been shouting That's it. The one. The Wanda. Yeah. Okay. Um, anyway, Cass, do you have any questions about Rodney? Uh, no, really questions, but I would like to say something about, you know, with um, the episode with the shadow thingy. Um, Crap. Cloud. The uh, they, yeah, the shadow. The cloud of doom. Yeah. Um, the Dementor cloud. <laughs> <laughs> There's a thing. Yeah. Uh, you know, I love the fact that, well, not really love it. You know, 
it actually pisses me off how uh, like queer and Groden and all of them kind of mock Rodney for being afraid and everything. And with John, it was just him. When he realized the reason why the thing wouldn't come off, he was just more like, okay, this is just something else to deal with. You know, he he didn't mock him, really. He joked with him and teased him during the football game, you know, with the popcorn. But it was nothing like, just, I don't even know how to describe it. It's just like testy little bitchiness, you know, mocking him. The thing is, is that Elizabeth and Peter don't have any frame of reference. No, they they're don't. Academic. And And they're just showing the kind of bullshit that Rodney's always had to deal with. And there's no reason, no wonder why he gets so bitchy with people, because if he's had to deal with that, you know, his entire life, you know, no wonder why he has to stick up his ass at first. Who and blames him? I don't. I don't either. I mean, funny enough, when I, when I first started watching the show, I couldn't stand Rodney. And I thought, you know, he's just a little twat. And then I started, you know. I love actually, Rodney from the beginning. I, mean, I, I don't know why he just irritated the crap out of me. Then I actually started paying attention to why he was like that. And, like, with the Arcturus thing, that pisses me off how Elizabeth did, because it was her fault in the first place, because you know, she, if she didn't want that to happen, or not really, that's not the right way to say it, she should not have taken him to task for failing. He's a scientist. The fact of the matter is, is science is, what, 99% failure and 1% success? Mm-hmm. Correct. He's, and um, he was doing, you know, he was pushing the envelope uh, just to try to save them all. And, yes, it fucked up spectacularly. But it wasn't just his ego that was involved with it. Is um, it was that fear that he does have? It's you know the fear that he's going to fail them all. He's the fear that the race are going to get to Earth, and he's just he probably has a thousand and one things he's afraid of that he thought that project or that machine or whatever would solve. And the worst thing about McKay's character is that he's smart enough to realize just how much there is to fear. And that's his, and, and in his the case of his biggest Elizabeth's ignorance is bliss. Uh-huh. And, uh, <clears throat> one thing I've always thought was uh, kind of cool between, you know, in canon with John and Rodney's relationship and friendship was uh, the fact that each one tries to um, achieve something greater because of how they want the other one to see them. Does that make sense? It does. Um, it does. Because uh, I want to do this it, for you. Because I want to be as you know, I want to be like you. You know, they try to um, build themselves up to be like the other one. And I always thought that was cool. And it actually didn't hit me until I watched a music video um, called "Save Me," and I was like, "Holy crap! That's the relationship right there in a the nutshell. That's their friendship. Each one is trying to be better." You know, to be like the other one, and so that each uh, each one of them build upon themselves 
and that's what strengthens your friendship and everything. And I thought that was really cool. I love but, Rodney from the beginning, and I'll tell you why. I loved him in Stargate SG-1 because at that point I was kind of disenchanted with Carter, and I really uh-huh. enjoyed watching someone point out all the stupid shit she was doing. And I really hated her for like four or five episodes for sending him to Siberia. Oh, God, I, I fucking hate her so bad for that. And uh, as much as I love Hammond, for what he did, you know, sending him away, just because of some petty bullshit, just because they didn't like him. There's a great story in the SG-1 fandom about that. It's terrible. It's terrible. But it's really great. It's it's a great terrible. Um, where Rodney was being blackmailed with the um, – with uh, – his child having been kidnapped. Yeah, and I read when that. He, and I've made, when, when he fails in his mission, they kill his kid. Yeah, I read and that. Zach and Zach O'Neill is the only cry, one like, who knows. Yeah, it made me cry so damn hard when I read that. And, and yeah. Zach O'Neill, I think, is the only person who knows. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's probably I why... I don't have a link for that, Rowan, because um, I only read it once and I didn't bookmark it because it destroyed me. I'm not sure if I have it. I'm not sure if I have it on uh, on my bookmarks, but I'm pretty sure it's under on genre finders uh, under kid fix maybe. And you just have to hunt it down, I guess. <laughs> but um, but yeah, so yeah, the, um, I think it's the trust that kills McKay's kid, and it's a baby. It's not like a. It's a baby. Yeah, and so it's, can, uh, it, it's the, a really hard the, read. It's a really hard, terrible read. And one thing I, I do like about his character in those episodes of SG One is because he is just pure academic. You know, they uh, they that asshole Simmons brings him in. You know, puts him up on a pedestal. You know, trying to outdo Sam, and you know. Rodney has no idea what's going on between, you know, the animosity between Simmons and the, uh, everybody at the mountain. So he just knows the Stargate. And he knows his facts and his figures. And he knows where Sam screwed up with the dialing computer, which really, why didn't they ever fucking get a DHD? Oh, my God. Um, they had plenty of opportunities. Yes, they did. Uh-huh. I mean, they... They could have easily got one from a planet they were never going to go to again. There's plenty of a plot device. It's a plot device. That's just writing plot device because there were so many instances where that dialing program ended up fucking things up. Yeah. And the DAT would have never allowed. Yeah, and Rodney was 100% right. And they forget that fact. They just let their little petty, you know, Anger, you know, sent him away. They're sending away one of the most brilliant guys they got for the Stargate, somebody who is right. And just because they don't like him, fuck you. I mean, that's not how shit's supposed to go if you want things to keep working, right? But that is exactly how shit goes. Yeah, unfortunately. I like to live my We never get well, out of okay? high school. So for, for those of you who are who are young who are listening and um, you're in college, you better not be in high school because there's 18, 18 or over, okay? Um, 
if um, that never changes. No matter where you go, what work environment you're in, there are always people who are popular and people who are not, and the people who are not popular get shit on. That's what happens. Yeah, I like my fantasy world, though. That's probably why I'm one of the unpopular ones. Life, <laughs> high school is is life in a fishbowl. Just just keep that in mind. Yeah. Human beings but, um, are assholes. Most of them are in my grocery store today. Oh, yeah. Honey, they're oh, not, yeah, we they're are. not assholes. They're cockfuckers. <laughs> that's, a, that's a fun activity. They're cockroaches. <laughs> that's, no, that's so looking you just called all of us cockroaches. Me and you, too, by the way. Yeah. So I'll admit to being an asshole. I'll even admit to being a cocksucker, but I'm not a cockroach. See, I, I say cockfucker. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, that's just a little bit icky. Um, okay, I've got, I've, got two more callers the, um, I've got two more callers on hold, so I'm going to put Kaz. I'm gonna, Kaz, I'm going to put you on hold. Lady Holder, I'm going to keep you on the line in case my phone goes dead. <laughs> so, if, um, if, your, if, your phone, if your phone goes dead, throw me back on and I'll, um, me and Lady Holder will entertain people. We'll do a song and dance. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to put you back on hold. <laughs> Okay. Senna, have you called me on two phone lines? Because I've got two. I got two two of that area code. Is this Senna? Hello? 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 Who is this? This is Karen. I was just listening because my computer is messed up. Oh, okay. Hi, Karen. You're, um... Your area code is the same as Senna's, and I was like, I have oh, I have really? two of those, and I was like, I don't even know what to do with that. So, um. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I was the one that um, was stalking you on Facebook today. Oh yeah, I I got a new stalker, but it was the fun kind versus the other kind that I've got currently going on. Yeah. Yes. Did you find the uh, excerpt that you needed? Yes, I did. Thank you. Okay. So you were looking for the um, Ring of Fire thing, right? Yeah, the Ring of Fire. You, yeah. you were talking about it um, last week on the um, blog. So I'm like, oh, I got to do it. And I was like, what, you said something about Rough Trade. So I was like all over Rough Trade website. And I'm like, okay, I'm not seeing it. And then I'm like listening to it again. I'm like, oh, it's on Facebook. I have to get a Facebook yeah. account? It's horrible. Yeah, she. I popped her Facebook cherry today just so she could get my excerpt. How's that? How's that for A plus stalking? Yes, I think that's actually and, pretty. That's, that's very nice now, stalking. So. so, did you um, have you read it yet? Yes, I have. I loved it. I'm just Should waiting I apologize? for more. Yeah, I did cry a little bit, but we, we don't talk about that. <laughs> we don't. We don't talk about it. Yeah. Um, well, I don't have any actual apologies to give because um, I do believe in happy endings, and I promise you, I'm 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 not gonna kill a kid. So, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, I'm gonna go find Senna because she is sick. I'm gonna put you back on hold so you can listen. Oh wait, wait, did you have any questions about McKay? No, no. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> Thanks. I'm sorry. Sorry to put I, you on the spot when you expected just to listen. Okay. Okay, thank you. 
Hello. 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 Oh, it's my baby frog. <laughs> I told you guys. You I sound, sound terrible. terrible. Do you terrible? Hi, Kermit. I did. <laughs> hey, I said Don't that in the Well, in, in mom's defense, I did say hi-ho, Kermit the Frog here earlier. <laughs> yes, that's why I said it. So Azure no, gave Senna the plague, or did you give Azure the plague? No, I gave it to her. I had the flu last week, and I waited. Computer virus. Yes. I gave her the computer plague. No, I had the flu last week, and I, I stayed. Ho- I was smart. I stayed home from work while I had a fever, so I wasn't contagious and didn't give it to anybody else. But I had to go back to work because, well, you know, money. Everybody needs it. Yeah, yeah. And um, so don't don't go to work with a compromised immune system if you can avoid it. Especially not if you work in customer service because I don't have a flu anymore, but I've got something else. Oh, that's just lovely. Yeah, it's awesome. I, ho- I hope it doesn't come out over the phone lines. Thanks, kiddo. Let's hope not. <laughs> yeah, because, you know, if someone sneezes a mile from me, I get a head cold. <laughs> oh, good <laughs> Lord. I, I, honestly, I'll probably be sick from now until probably about February, because that's just my life. You know, I kept a cough for, like, six year. months. I, I kept a cough yeah. from, like, October to February. It was ridiculous. No, honey, you're still coughing. Yeah, that's asthma. That, 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 that's a different kind of cough. Okay. No, trust me. You'll Sina know an asthma cough that. when you have it. It's awful. Then I yeah. can attest to this. People who have asthma cough. I cough. Yeah, it's... But um, it's, there's a difference between an asthma cough and a cold cough. And mostly because yeah. an asthma cough, at least for me, is dry. It, no, that's exactly that's exactly how it is for me too. There's no phlegm or anything for it. It's just a very dry it's cough. It's a very dry, it. painful cough. Um, yes. It isn't productive at all. I guess is the no. It doesn't do anything. It just it's just you cough. <clears throat> that's all it does. Its its purpose is to make your life more miserable than the asthma already does. Okay. So, and you um, also. Um, <laughs> I had to use my inhaler, so now my mouth tastes like I sucked on a tire. Oh, I fucking oh, hate boy. that. Abuterol. Worst tasting yeah, abuterol ever. Fabulous. At least I'm not on the machine. Mm. I used to have to do the albuterol treatments in the machine. 15 oh. minutes. No, seriously, now, I 15 minutes? My, yeah, I had asthma for a long time, sweetheart. Um, my, Damn. My current machine is five minutes, but my first machine was 15 bad. Okay, so I have never had a butyrol. It's awful. It's like sucking on a tire. Yeah, it really is. A used one. A used one. The aftertaste that you get from helium, like, that doesn't even compare. A butyrol lingers, and the taste is there all day. I don't care how many times you brush your teeth, how much mouthwash you use, you cannot get rid of the fucking aftertaste of a butyrol. Which is why no, no one wants it's, to it's use in your anymore. nose. Yes. It's in your nose, it's on your tongue, and it's 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 in the mouth tissues and if I yep. use my inhaler twice in one day, I could use a whole bottle of Listerine and still taste it. 
It's terrible. Yeah. Um, <coughs> and I've noticed that my the anyway. steroid inhaler that they put me on is actually worse than a buterol. I used to have that purple, this one with the powder. It's nasty. Oh, yeah. What was that called? Zomeg? Zo- it was a Z word, um, wasn't it? Oh, God damn it. No, no, uh, Chris has it. It's uh, No, it's not Atrovent. Atrovent's the new one that they put. No, it's not yes, from the I, court. Fuck. No, it's not yes, from the court. We'll figure it out. The evil purple uh, disc. You're absolutely right, Arlene. It, it was evil, yes, and it tastes we'll like shit. <laughs> let me, it was let me terrible. Let me come back on a topic here. No, Rowan. No, that's not true. Altoids don't work. I promise you. Lovely. Um, anyhow, jerking is back yeah, on the topic. Yeah, but they don't kill that face. Okay, but using your guys' commentary here, um, Ronnie McKay Zyrtec and... Zyrtec is for allergies, not asthma. Allergies. No, allergies. Sorry. Um, it's okay. It's, still, it's a medical condition that can kill you. So using that. Asthma? Yeah. Yeah, but Rodney McKay's allergies in, in canon and in most fics, people laugh at it. Have you noticed? It's not funny. I always, it's not funny. I always hated that. I always hated that. I hated the um, how casual it was. I had yeah. a food allergy. And I will not eat in some restaurants because I'm afraid of cross-contamination because people don't take it seriously. Exactly, Chris. That was never funny. The lemon joke was never fucking funny. That was horrible and cruel. Mm-hmm. Sorry. Sorry, I saw Chris's okay. comment in chat, and it just sparked that. Yeah, it, it really is. does piss it, me it off is, when people belittle them. Yeah. Advair, that's it. Advair. Thank Advair, you. Yeah, that Advair Bye. Like shit. Advair tastes like it does. shit. Mm-hmm. It is, it's not, it, but it doesn't linger the way albuterol does. No. No, albuterol and the steroid one that I've got are the only two that I've had that linger all day like that. Like, they're the only ones I've ever had that leave that nasty taste in your mouth all day. But the thing about the, the, the food allergies, and, and they're not taking it seriously, um, it was some kind of joke to them, and it's a, it, it's an ugly joke. It, mm-hmm. It's not because when when you're afraid to eat, yeah, that's a big deal. And you know, See, it's amazing. Why... It is amazing what you what citrus products are citrus, and you don't even know it. And yeah. what those things can be in. You know, there are citrus in some toothpaste. Yes. Uh huh. Yes, there is. Because and citric I'm like, acid will What really? Most cereal, most um, grain, like not the grains, but like the commercial cereals, uh, have citrus in them. There are certain mm-hmm. brands of water that will have citric acid minerals in them. So. Cough medicines have citrus in them. I didn't know. Uh, let's see. Every because single one of the cough drops that I have in front of me has citrus. Um, oh, soda. Toothpaste, deodorants, laundry detergents, because they're um, it's a preservative, like Chris said, and it's it's crazy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And most people who have a citrus allergy are actually allergic to citrus oil, which is different than citric acid. <laughs> If I cough, but they don't when specify I'm on the phone, that really what, what Rodney is allergic to. They don't specify what um, 
what portion of the citrus he's allergic to. Right. Marley says, I love it and I love when in fix John John stops eating citrus because of Rodney. It's so sweet. Yeah. Um it is sweet. There's actually a thick I read once where Jennifer Keller and Rodney are dating and this is an AU thick and she actually ordered like a fish dish with lemon on it. Huh. In front of him. Oh my God. And he told her, You know, you know, I'm not even gonna be able to kiss you. I've seen that in a couple of fakes. Yeah. It's um People don't take so food allergies that, seriously know, because they think that they're no. not real. They think that it's all no. in their head, and that's bullshit. That's like the people that don't take asthma seriously. They are serious medical conditions that can kill people, and it's fucking ridiculous to belittle that. Look, I had my, um, to put asthma in perspective for those of you who have never been exposed to an asthmatic, um, I had a asthma attack when I was 19 that was so severe I had a grand mal seizure and almost died. <laughs> when you cannot breathe, your brain doesn't get oxygen and your heart doesn't get oxygen. And it yeah, will kill you. Scary. Mm-hmm. It's very scary. An asthma attack for me and I don't know it's like somebody it's it's, it's like somebody sitting on you. It's it, it's like you're trapped and you're being squeezed. And the worst thing you can do for me is to get in my face. Because no, you, you don't want to do that. You don't want to do that. That's um, terrible. Just give them yeah. space. Because it just makes it worse when you start feeling like you're closed in. Yeah, there are anybody that wants to know what it feels like, I recommend taking a very tiny, like, bar straw and clogging the end of it with some bubble gum and trying to breathe through it. Don't try to breathe out of and it. And only that. Keep trying to breathe through it because you can't breathe out. Once, right. once well, you start having an asthma attack, you can't breathe out. You can only breathe It's literally it. like somebody is sitting on you. It's and sitting awful. on you. It's, it's terrible. I, I wouldn't wish it on anybody. And for the first time I had one, I was an adult. I have, an, um, I, I have adult onset. And I've, I had no idea. I had, I had no idea what it was. And when it when it, when it happened, I think that's why my attack was so bad and, and why I had the seizure. Um, I was in class, and I uh, mm-hmm. had the um, I had this pressure start to build, and I thought, do I have heartburn? Because you know, heartburn has that kind of pressure. Yeah. I thought, okay, mm-hmm. I didn't take an antacid, and I was looking through my purse for an antacid, and all of a sudden, I got weak. And I couldn't breathe, and I turned to my friend Mike, and he was looking at me, and he was like, the last thing I heard him say is, your lips are blue. And the next thing I knew, the next thing I knew, I was um, in an ambulance. And what happened between him telling me that my lips were blue and me waking up in an ambulance was a grandma seizure where my friend took his belt off and shoved it in my mouth till I almost choked on it to prevent me from biting my tongue in half. And my professor, who happened to be extremely hot, by the way, giving me CPR, and I totally missed it. Damn. 
And I woke up in the ambulance with a cracked sternum and four broken ribs. Ugh. Yeah, the first time I had a severe asthma attack, I was, I want to say, either 11 or 12. And it was summer. But I was used to it because I'd had little tiny ones. And um, so <sighs> I, I told my mom, I was like, I can't breathe. We need to go somewhere because my inhaler is not working. Um, between telling my mom that and her taking me to the emergency room, when we finally got to the emergency room, um, it probably took her maybe 15 minutes to drive me there. Um, when we were walking into the ER, the um, head nurse that was sitting at the check-in counter um, took one look at my mom because I was literally, my mom had to drag me in. I could not walk. But my mom couldn't pick me up either because she's a lot shorter than I am. Well, not a lot shorter, but whatever. Especially um, enough. Yeah, exactly. And um, the, the nurse took one look at me, came over, picked me up, put me in a wheelchair, and then wheeled me back, and then put me on medicated oxygen without even taking any information from my mom because I was so bad. They were afraid okay. that I was going to... Yeah, it was bad. Um, they they took my information after I was on the medicated oxygen, but they put me on the oxygen before they got any information from my mom because I was just so bad. And I wasn't allowed to walk. My asthma her, was instant. Yeah, it was it was instant like that, and it was like yeah. I, I remember being in the emergency room and the doctor asking me how long I had asthma. I said I don't have asthma. He says yes, you do. I don't know what the fuck you're talking about, dude. Yeah, exactly. It, and it's scary. So anyways, it's scary yeah. the first time you have one. Rodney's allergies and his medical conditions, I don't treat them lightly in my fix because um, I think that there are lots of things you can joke about, but things that will kill that you. That is not one of them. It's not one of them. <laughs> you can yeah. joke about him being um, selfish or ill-tempered or having a sarcastic mouth or, you know, his caffeine addiction, um, which actually my caffeine addiction is self-medication. Caffeine's very good for helping out with asthma and it also headaches. And I've, I'm, I'm addicted to caffeine. I admit <laughs> that. And, um, I had no intentions of quitting. So fuck all that. Life is short. Why Nobody makes it out of kind of I'm going to have my fucking coffee. I'm going to have my fucking coffee. There you go. I've probably had more tea than water today, to be totally honest with you. I think I went through an entire box of tea today just because it tastes good, and it's the only thing that's keeping me from coughing. Just to give you guys an idea, um, I talked to Kara earlier this week, and she was in a less than stellar mood. And the first, some of the first questions I asked were, "Have you eaten? Have you had your and coffee? have you had any coffee today?" <laughs> Answer the both questions. At that yes. point, I'd had like six cups of coffee, and I was still terrible. By the way, I've had today, today, I've had eight cups of coffee and three frappuccinos. Um, so, there you go. Mm-hmm. And one frappuccino, I made it home, and I made it entirely with espresso. Mm. Okay. Um, I showed you where you espresso. can buy that vanilla powder from Starbucks, right? Yes. 
Yes, you did. Okay, I couldn't remember I if I sent you the link for that or not. And it's fantastic. I think I'm gonna be it's really good. <laughs> yes, I, I had an egg shot of espresso in my frappuccino that I made at home, and then when I was at Target, I got a frappuccino with four shots of espresso, and then when um, I was at my grocery store, I had another frappuccino um, and four shots of espresso. <laughs> they, didn't even put, they didn't even put any frappros in it. There was no frappros in it. It was just espresso. Um, I like espresso. It has a very smooth flavor. I, I like the flavor of um, espresso versus um, regular coffee, regular grind. Um, and here's the thing. I laugh very hard when I hear her ordering. Um, and I still lost my temper live on my radio show. <laughs> That's okay. You to, be fair, to be fair, you had plenty of reason, and frankly, also, I think I did a bit of goading you into it. So, you know, yeah. Okay. <laughs> You're good for that. Um, okay. Hey, I, I'm going to talk about the smile last I got your smile last, the, the other night, so I'm happy. I've got 45 Hold minutes on. left. I want to talk about um, Ties That Bind and, and Rodney and, and Ties That Bind. So we're going to spend the last 45 minutes doing that. <laughs> Okay. Um, I actually have a question on on live journal on that one. I posted a question about it. Okay. Um, I have a whole bunch of questions. Actually, I'm not going to be able to answer them all because of the phone problems and everything. What I think I'm going to do is um, do a part two, and next week we'll have Rodney again, and I'll answer the questions from live journal <laughs> on that radio show because it's just not going to okay. happen tonight. You know. Um, no. So. <clears throat> The link for what my we'll advertise that. that bind is up in chat. And if you have questions that don't get answered tonight, you can go to Live Journal and ask them there, and I will do that then. So, okay, um, ties that bind. When we open up ties that bind, where um, Rodney is is downtrodden and um, kind of at the edge of his rope. And not like emotionally, I'm going to kill myself, but more like, fuck this shit, I'm going to go retreat to my house and fuck all y'all. You know, it's just like a... I'm going to take my toys and go home. I knew what I wanted. It's a different set of circumstances for for, for Rodney at this point. So when he meets John, he doesn't believe for an instant in that moment that John actually wants him. His self-esteem is so... destroyed by what he allowed to happen with Carter. And it's not um, just her. It's him, too. He he feels um, like he failed. So you take that personal failure with his professional circumstances and then an ex-wife that he really and truly genuinely loved um, who... Who broke him? And he is broken. He he's terribly broken, and so he comes into this relationship with John, who is there to rescue him, with the idea that John really doesn't want him, and through various actions and situations and, and 
just John relying on his training to bring Rodney into an... What is that noise? Is that your cat? It's the cat. Yeah, it's the cat. Yeah, you have a, that was the cat. You have a really bossy cat. <laughs> well, bossy. The first set of, the first set of, of um, meows and stuff was Ghost <laughs> trying to um, be the, the boss of the kitten. The second set is the kitten trying to get my attention, so he, so I pet him. <laughs> okay, so. that's that damn cat. Okay, anyway. I would, but he's on his he's on his perch. I'm not near him. He wants me to get up and, and deal with him. No. Wow. Not only is he bossy, but uh, yeah, that's some shit right there. He isn't even gonna come to you to get petted. Come no. here, bitch. Pet me. Yes. That's hilarious. Um. Anyways, I uh. One of the things they're talking about in the chat room. They're talking about Jack. Um. I did what I did with Jack's character in a situation at the SGC because I wanted to demonstrate that, number one, that nobody's perfect, and number two, that situations develop when people aren't paying attention. And the thing is, is as much as Jack didn't recognize Rodney was suffering in his mountain, John and Elizabeth were no different. There were some ugly situations on Atlantis that they were completely and utterly unaware of. Katie Brown. They, they, and it developed slowly. I don't think they saw. Right, because and when, when no one is complaining, when no one is saying, hey, this guy's an asshole... Hey, this bitch is doing this. You know, hey, this bitch didn't, didn't wouldn't wouldn't remove her collar, so I had to cut it off. When it isn't abuse develops in situations when people don't speak up. And yes, there are situations where, you know, your neighbor's beating his wife and you can hear it. But what if you can't hear it? What do you do with that? You know? It's a it's a situation where you can't do anything about something if you don't know it exists. And so in the mountain and, and on Atlantis, there are people who are in positions of power who could help but didn't help for one reason or another. They weren't informed. They didn't know what was going on. They weren't paying attention. John and Jack are no different in this regard. But I noticed that when it comes to the comments that it's always Jack and that gets the crap and not John. Well, you know who else Am I who didn't notice? Okay, go ahead. Somebody else who didn't notice and should have is also Daniel. Yes. Because as the the person who was what amounted to the, the top sub in the mountain, he should have noticed, and he should have brought it up. He should have noticed. He should mm-hmm. have. Um, Carson should have noticed. Oh, hell yeah. That's on Atlanta. true. As the medical... You can yeah. say, hey, Frazier didn't notice all this shit, but you know what? Carson, who was in the same position as Frazier, didn't notice either. Mm-hmm. What it boils down to, to is that this is a situation where you 
have a society built on the rights of dominance to own, and you have to balance that social ownership with personal rights, and you also have to accept that having someone come to the infirmary with bruises, it doesn't mean in this particular universe that there's domestic violence going on. It's perfectly acceptable for someone to come. Right. So it's perfectly acceptable for someone to show up in the infirmary with bruises on their ass or strap marks or cane marks. And if the sub isn't saying, hey, I didn't agree to this, this this isn't what I agreed to. And there's also a, a, um, a, uh, it happens on Atlantis where a sub under Matt's command doesn't report a bad play date because he doesn't want to be seen as weak. Because he's an officer. How? So there are plenty of reasons why someone wouldn't report something. See, and that's it. That's one of the things that I like about the Ties of Bind universe. It's very real. It, it comes with real problems, and you don't shy away from that either. You, you know, you put it out there and you do address it. Well, I think that when you write... <laughs> And this is going to sound bashy, and I don't mean it to, okay? When you write, and this is something that actually Zamp did a really good job of in, in, in Coming Home and in Dr. Shepard, General Dr. Shepard, um, when you write a BDSM AU, you have to accept that that kind of power dynamic and power exchange can lead to abuse. Yeah. And you can't ignore it. And you can't accept abusive behavior as dominance. And Zan outlined that beautifully in um, mm-hmm. in, in her work. And so when I went into Ties That Bind, I really wanted to make sure that I honored that as well. That I that I made it clear that um, abuse isn't dominance, and that dominance isn't abuse. But there is a line and sometimes a very thin line between a dominant and a bully or an abuser. Yeah. Mm-hmm. By the way, the link that I just posted is to Zamp, uh, General and Dr. Shepard, Coming Home, Hiding in Plain Sight, and um, The First Caller. So, right. yeah. Right. So, yeah, so, you know, there are other more... There are, others, there are some other very popular BDSM stories in the world who don't draw a line between Desertion. abuse and dominance. Mm. Yeah. I'm sorry. I know. And there are like 50 reasons I'm not going to discuss it, okay? I have um, 50 reasons why I'd like to, but... Ugh. But, you know, so we're not going to go there. But Rodney and Ties That Bind is... Damn it. <laughs> just just stab me in the forehead. Just just stab me. Just oh my God. Anyways, Rodney. I think I'd rather be Rodney. stabbed in the forehead. Rodney. Me too. Okay, let's get back on 
Rodney oh. McKay. Um, so right. coming into Ties That Bind, he's he's emotionally vulnerable. He's professionally um, near failure because of Carter. He um, has hidden the depth of his situation from his pleasure master. And when Gerard finds out, he's furious. And if Rodney hadn't been collared, he would have gotten the spanking of his life from Gerard, and he would not have enjoyed it. Because it... it that would have been the, the lack epic of, spanking written ever. It would have been epic, Sorry. yeah. Cause, because what... <laughs> the behavior is so disrespectful. <laughs> The behavior is so disrespectful. Rodney did not give Gerard the, the trust that he deserved. No, he didn't. And Gerard has Nobody every reason to be insulted by that. I'm not talking to you, so be quiet. Oh, my God. She's talking shit to her husband on my radio show. That's what I've been reduced to. I can't anyway, shit about mine on your radio show. Oh, you talk shit about on your radio show. Well, it's my job. No, I'm just. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Rodney did not think he deserved protection. That's no, he did not feel like he deserved to be protected. He didn't feel like he even deserved Gerard's mark. Um, he was in very in a very real way. Uh. On the edge, <clears throat> like I said, and it's it's hard to um, put a, uh, a definite. Are are you serious? What the fuck? <laughs> you went until I hit on mute. Hi, Dad. <laughs> I'm gonna cuss him out. Don't make me Remind me to, to call him after I get off this radio show because I'm gonna cuss him out. And now I've totally forgot what I was fucking talking about again. We were talking about Rodney and how he felt like he didn't deserve protection or Gerard's mark. Ugh. Sorry. Your husband's an asshole. Anyway. <laughs> yes. Oh, asshole. You tell him I have had enough fucking assholes today. Anyways. <clears throat> so. <gasps> no, he's just an asshole. <laughs> Anyways. Speaking of assholes and the usefulness of them and tall and cream and, and, you know, the walking, talking people. Anywho. Um, what? Yeah. And as far as Melanie, yes, I think he's a sexy asshole, but anyhow. Um, Gerard and... You're required to. I'm not. I never said you were. (laughs) Yeah, getting back on topic. Gerard, uh, disrespect the beating of a lifetime. Not beating, but spanking. At that level, I, um, you're right, this is thinking. Yeah, it's, 
The fact of the matter is, is if if Rodney wasn't a courtesan, Gerard would have been well within his rights to remove his mark. Ouch. But Rodney Very is a courtesan, ouch. and they're a they're allowed a uh, level of um, indulgence. Indulgence, yes, that um, a regular submissive in the House of Dassault would not be allowed. Uh, there is one question on my live journal I'll answer now. It's a question about Dassault and Rodney. The question was, was did I put Rodney in Dassault or did I build Dassault for Rodney? And the question is, is that, the answer is, is that I built Gerard, I built Dassault for Rodney. The house was birthed for the sole purpose of Rodney's character. And so, no, there is no other house that I created that I would put McKay in because I created Desaad for him. Just like I yeah. created um, Lotus for Matt. It's a really good house for Matt. So, um... <clears throat> Sorry. To answer that question. But uh, when Rodney gets to... Yes, the house in Singapore was created for John specifically because I wanted John to be more, but I wanted him not to be the side. And I knew that he wasn't a fit for Lotus, and I knew that I couldn't put him in La Petite, La Petite Mort alone, that he had to have more than that because there was, there was an edge to his character that required more discipline and all that jazz. Anyways, <clears throat> McKay comes to Atlantis, and he's allowed to develop a professional uh, stage that he wasn't allowed at the SGC because Carter controlled what he did before and after before after endearing their marriage she controlled what he did for Stargate Command and when he gets to Atlantis he's allowed to I don't even Sometimes you look in the chat room and you see something just totally out of the blue. You're thinking, Melanie, what? See? Okay. Uh, I don't want to know. No, uh, no farting. No farting. No. Right in my what? chat room. Okay. I don't know. I have no. no idea what's going on. I think I know what it was. It was my chair making noises. Anywho. <laughs> Um, God. <laughs> that's that's an important conversation <laughs> instead of the scary one. Oh God! I'm just gonna to retitle say. this whole radio show. Fuck this. Fuck all the things. Fuck this day. That's what I'm going to call this type, this radio show. Fuck this day. <laughs> it's just been terrible. Oh, you know, I am actually, I am actually so irritated. My scalp is tingling. I thought we fixed that the other night. <laughs> no, no, Damn no, it. we did not. And you know, here's the thing. I don't make plans for any of my radio shows for months, and nothing goes wrong. I get on here, and I bitch about shit and talk about nothing, and, and, and it's fine, and everything goes great. And the two times that I fucking recently planned topics, everything goes to shit. 
It's not Sorry. funny, bitches. God. <laughs> it's kind of oh, funny. Yeah. It is kind of funny. <laughs> it's kind of funny. <laughs> it's, it's, you know, it's just, it's just, just fuck. Just fuck. Yeah. Fuck all it's a good the thing things. my rated R because I think I've dropped the F word like 200 times. <clears throat> there is I'm no pantsy, Chris. What? You know, and also, it's, it's, just talking out of the blue to the chat room like my fucking podcast listeners are going to be like, what the <laughs> hell went on during this radio show? And, um, and if you're still listening to the radio show, podcast listener... Congratulations. You have the patience of Job. Uh-huh. <laughs> and you're probably a saint and maybe a little bit of a masochist. Um, what the hell are you doing in the minion chat then? Well, you know, and the, the crazy thing is is you're following all the weird and wacky threads. So, you know, congratulations on that. There's no sainthood in minionism. Um, <laughs> if there is, it isn't so a good saint. Yeah, Boondock. I'll take Boondock. I vote. I vote for that. Oh, have you guys seen the Boondock Saints Stargate Atlantis crossover? There is one. No. Yes. Oh my God. Give me the link. Um, Give me the link. Do you know they're going to do a Boondock Saints part? I do. I'm excited. Don't judge me. Anyways, carry some rope. That's all I gotta say. You never know Give when you might need robe. it. You and your fucking robe. And a frying pan. <laughs> I shot Rope and a frying that. pan. Who fucking knew? <laughs> Anyways. So, you know. It's titled, it's titled Saints of Atlantis. <laughs> just and fuck it. I'm going to. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to, to re-title oh, this radio show. Yes. Um, the show that was supposed to be about McKay, but actually wasn't. <laughs> Should have uh, been. McKay that never was. <laughs> <laughs> it's really irritating when you have a plan and it doesn't go through what you want to happen. Annoying fucking shit. Hmm. <laughs> Oh, and, and also, I channeled Malcolm Tur- um, Tucker earlier. The um, truth be known, as as um, funny as ranting um, McKay is, my true hero in the fictional world, the fiction on TV, is Malcolm Tucker. And if you don't know who Malcolm Tucker is, shame the fuck on you. And I mean that. Star, star, cunt. <laughs> you are a oh constantly undercut. <laughs> oh, I remember this one because he was in he was in the hundred greatest movie insult thing. Yeah, there's actually a whole YouTube video dedicated to Tucker saying "fuck." <laughs> it's amazing. Okay. Hundred crazy movie insults, and I really, I really enjoy it. it when he's talking about sweating spinal fluid. 
because I don't think you're working yeah. as hard as me here because I'm sweating spinal fluid. Anyways, <laughs> you need to go on YouTube and look up Malcolm Tucker, and it will. You can list all the um, Malcolm Tucker. He's my favorite. He is totally my favorite. And and fuck. He owns the word fuck. I should like pay him royalties to use it. Well, okay. I don't have to pay to say fuck. The, 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 the link that I just the link that I just put up actually has the Malcolm Tucker in it. This is the Malcolm Tucker by himself because that's amazing. It is. It's like ten he's, minutes he's of sitting. this actor who's playing Doctor Who now saying the word fuck. Um, it's Apparently, Are we real tempest has counted how many times I've used the word fuck this evening. Let me know, know real tempest, how many has time. it been. Yes, please, you tell us. How many? He does not need a life or a better hobby. He has us. Okay. Minute 316, by the way, you get to see Malcolm Tucker. 87. He says 87. 87. Now, here's the thing, Original Tempest, that you might not be aware of. I got some crazy-ass readers. I bet you, I guarantee you, that sometime tomorrow afternoon, I'm going to get an email telling me that you're wrong about the number. That's, that's <laughs> actually he true. He says 87. I'm... He says 87 at this point. We'll see. We still got, uh, what, 20. Would Rodney be in if you had to put him in a Hogwarts house? Because oh, that has God. absolutely nothing to do with your current writing. So I figured it'd be fun. Gryffindor. I put him in Gryffindor. Really? Yes. I was expecting at least Ravenclaw. Why Gryffindor? No. No. Ravenclaw is for people who... <clears throat> who have a thirst for knowledge. There's no there's no implication of a practical use, a practical okay. use of knowledge. Um, Hufflepuff, yes, he's a hard worker, but um, and he's loyal. Mm. But I wouldn't say those are his dominant traits because one mm-hmm. thing about Harry Potter fan fiction I hate the most is that the implication is they get sorted by their trait and they don't have any other ones. Now, that, that's ridiculous. That's bullshit. Because you can Luna could be have been in Ravenclaw easily. And Brave, smart, 
wise, loyal, and cunning. You can be all of those things. And the reason that I would put Rodney in Gryffindor is the same reason that Neville was in Gryffindor. Because Neville's a badass unicorn. He is a badass unicorn. Because as smart as Rodney is, and as hard as he works, and loyal, he's loyal, he's, he's, he's all of that. But he's also stupidly and overwhelmingly and ridiculously crea- um, courageous. He did run into that cloud of doom. And he took and he on does, a he does race. Let dogs shoot him with a nine millimeter. He took a race. He took on a race with a handgun. He is so brave <sighs> that the only house I could ever put Rodney in is Gryffindor. What house I could put John, be John. I could put John in Slytherin without a mm-hmm. single oh, I could see single that. misstep because he has this um, this uh, <laughs> thought of of indifference and um, he's vicious. Head cannon accepted. And the crazy thing, so, yeah, is, I could is I could easily see him in um, in, in Slytherin. I, I can't see him right, in any other house now, so thanks for that. <laughs> um, I'd put Elizabeth in Ravenclaw. I'd put Raddick in Hufflepuff. Oh, Raddick would be the best Hufflepuff. I'd put Carson in Hufflepuff. Agreed. What house would Mika go I'd put Keller, Keller in Ravenclaw. Yeah, Keller can suck a fuck. I'd put Ronan and Taylor and Ronan and Taylor would be in Gryffindor with Rodney. They'd be the golden trio of their year. (laughs) (laughs) If they were all the same age. And um, Evan Lorne. I would put Evan Lorne in Hufflepuff because if you put if you have one quality about Evan in in canon that is uh, true, completely true, is that he is loyal. Yeah. He is stupidly, crazily loyal. Um, Cadman, Cadman's totally a Gryffindor. She's an asshole Gryffindor, too. She's, like, related to the mm-hmm. Weasleys. I could have seen her being She's a, a Weasley cousin. Too, She's a Weasley cousin. Uh, that makes sense. I, I, she comes from the I'd same branch that twins come from. Exactly. Second, More twins than Percy, yeah. Yeah. yeah, but I'd put her as a bit of a hat stall because I can see her as she's an she's just Slytherin enough. Okay, she's not a puff, although she's vicious enough. But she's she's got that sly bit that she's got going, and she's a planner. She may not have the best plans, but she plans. Um, well, like the twins. <laughs> I believe the twins probably would have been better served in Slytherin, to be perfectly honest. Percy mm-hmm. yeah. and the twins should have been in Slytherin. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The twins especially. Cavanaugh? Yeah. Um, yeah. I adore them. I think if I put Cavanaugh in a house, it would be... Uh, no, Jenny does Raven not get Claw. to be in Slytherin. Don't you insult my house like that. 
Or mine. I, for the love I would of put um um I would put Kavanaugh in Ravenclaw. He I wants knowledge that. for knowledge's sake. He doesn't really want to use it. And he doesn't. He doesn't have the application portion correct. Right. He's all though? theory and no practicum. No right. practical. He's all theory. Uh, let's see. Jack O'Neill. Definitely a Gryffindor. I would put oh, yeah. Carter. There's uh, no question. Carter's a Ravenclaw. Yes, she is. But she has some practical going on for her. Um, uh-huh. Daniel Jackson is the most Hufflepuff Hufflepuff to ever exist. <laughs> he's the Hufflepuff to, ever- to ever puff. The problem is, he's, he's the same type of Hufflepuff as Azur is. He's not the sweet little fluffy badger that everybody thinks of when they hey, think of a Hufflepuff. It's always the quiet ones. Okay? It's always he the quiet ones. He's a fucking honey badger. He is a honey badger, and no one knows it. That's right. Damn right. Absolutely right. Yes. There's a line in a fic that, that says the archaeologist is not harmless. Okay? Because yeah. this, is the, this is the guy who stood up in front of Ra and told him to suck eggs. Okay? I mean, <laughs> I, that's the ball. Yeah. Okay. Who's next? Um, Fraser. Miko. Miko. Fraser. Miko. Miko. I would put Miko in Gryffindor too. Too. At least my Miko. I mean, Canon no, Miko. No, I don't I'm... know so much, but but my Miko, my Miko is in Gryffindor. See, that's what I'm go- I'm going for is your Miko. Yes. But yeah, um, I can see that. That makes a lot of sense, actually. Frasier? I would put Frasier in Slytherin. Yes, I can agree. Oh, God. What about Simmons. Matthew Shepard? Slytherin. Matthew Shepard. I uh, <laughs> would put Matthew. God, where would I put Matthew? Um, he's a hat spell for me. Because he's, he's, he's strong and he's brave. Um, but he's awful. And he's loyal. And loyal. And he's, he's sweet so and he's kind. Um... No, Lauren was put in Hufflepuff. Hufflepuff, yes. I put Lauren in Hufflepuff. Um, I would put I would put Matt in Hufflepuff. I'm with Marley Literally. on this one. <laughs> um, I would put Cameron Mitchell in Gryffindor. In Gryffindor. I'm totally with Marley on um, this one. Um, <laughs> Oh, there's Bala's only one house for Vala. She's a Slytherin. There is no other house for Vala. Oh, yeah. You can't put Vala in any other house. I don't even think the hat touched her head before it would start screaming Slytherin. That, the hat would be within, like, All two feet of her and scream it. All the way. All the way. Um, Get away from me, yeah. Slytherin! Now that we've sorted all of Stargate into Hogwarts houses, which is like, you know what, I don't even know how I'm going to fucking, like, I don't even know how I'm going to, I don't even know what to do with this fucking radio show. So, I don't even know. I don't know. I've basically given up and reached for the wine, so, you know, yeah. Mm. Valor, Chris comments that Valor rules Slytherin. You know, I can't. Yeah. I can't see Vala ruling Slytherin, terrorizing Slytherin. Maybe from the um, background. 
Yes. Oh, Ron, uh, did you guys start running? Because I was busy. I was doing other things. Uh, yeah, Ronan. Ronan and I said Ronan Kayla both and got Kayla put in Gryffindor. And Gryffindor. Yeah, I said Ronan, Ronan, Taylor, and Rodney and Gryffindor together. They're, they're the golden trio of their year. Okay. And um, and Slinky Rodney John has a crush good. on John, but he doesn't act uh-huh. on it um, at first because yeah. John's a Slytherin. And um, this plot bunny oh. is free <laughs> to whoever may write it. <laughs> I never will. <laughs> Free to a good home. Uh-huh. We'll see if this one I want no part right. of this, Bunny. Oh. I just wanted to know what house Hammond, would get Hammond, Tilk, Parrish, and Katie. I would put Tilk in Hufflepuff. I would put Hammond in Gryffindor. I would put Parrish in Ravenclaw. And Katie... She's... She's, she's a Ravenclaw because yeah. really? she's not a fit for any other house. And so Ravenclaw no. has to take one for the team. <laughs> you, you know, there Jones. there has to be moments when the sorting hat goes, you don't even belong here, but I can stick you somewhere. And so it's Gryffindor's turn to take a, um, to take a hit, so they get Pettigrew. Yeah. Actually, I thought that really got wrong, but okay. He, um, should have been, he should have been in drums. The, I can't say it. The German house. Oh, Dermstang? Yes. That. Yeah. Thank I would you. put um, Hammond. Um, I would put, yeah, Hammond and Gryffindor. I would um, put Landry and Slytherin. What are their names? Fuck, what yeah. are their names? Um, oh, damn it. Characters. I can't remember their Wait. names right now. No, what, it's two of the characters. Um, no, it's from SGA. I just I can't remember their names. They're like background characters that get almost no play. We cure writes them in all the time. Uh, Stack House. The two Marines, yes, Stackhouse and um, uh, Markham. Ooh, Markham. Mar- Markham. Markham. Yeah, that. Um, <laughs> I put them in Hufflepuff. I put most of the Marines in Hufflepuff. Because um, they're loyal mm-hmm. and they're hardworking. And out. Did you notice that a lot of the R, the, how do you say the A-U-R-O-R-S? How do you say that for the movies? Because I don't know how you say Ours. it. Aurors. Aurors. Um, Aurors. That they end up from Hufflepuff? Mm-hmm. Yes. Kingsley Shacklebolt was a Hufflepuff, wasn't he? Mm-hmm. I believe I think so. so. Yeah. I think the only one that they said um, specifically wasn't from Hufflepuff was um, Moody. And he was Gryffindor, wasn't he? I believe so. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I knew Susan Bones was awful tough, wasn't she? Uh, I yes, Bones for Wayne, there was some non regulation fucking going on. There always is. What? There is always non regulation fucking going on. Well, yeah. So? <laughs> Maybe I'll just delete this radio show. It'll be a mystery. It's hell on wheels. I mean, we might as well enjoy it. You say that. Random fuckery. I already have one called fuckery. This is what happens. This is what happens when I make a plan. Hey, technical difficulties. It screwed everything up. It knocked you off your pins. And then you let the sick person get on the air. 
Well, if you, so long as you don't spread it to all of us, I think we're fine. But well, I yeah. have no intention of giving it to anyone. I hope no one gets this. I don't even want Stalker to get this. Mm. Which which Stargate character would make a great rogue? Are we talking the rogue about radio X-Men show? There's a thought. What? I am not sorting the, the X-Men. Show. Okay. That would too be many hilarious. Other, no other names. <laughs> um, yeah. Oh, who is who would be Voldemort? Michael? Uh, no, or he's Ron. more of a Peter Pettigrew. Okay. Who is Voldemort in the STC? Uh, Adria. Uh, what was oh the God, name what? of that one gold? gold um, Adria is a, Voldemort. Really? I was thinking um, the other guy. Well, uh, no. I was thinking the truck. I would go with Adria because... Apophis. Look, there is no need to insult Apophis. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well then look, we've also got Baal, and then we've got Kinsey. Uh, is me. Okay. The thing is, is that Voldemort was a supernatural power. Okay. And Adria is a supernatural power. The only other one that comes close right. is Anubis. Oh, yes, Anubis. And I think Adria is a much bigger threat than Anubis. And in Harry Potter, Voldemort is the biggest threat of them all. So when you look at Stargate, you have to look at who is the biggest threat that they face, and it's Adria, because they don't beat Adria. Even the ancients don't beat Adria. They just hold her at bay. Mhm. This is the truth. <laughs> Kinsey's almost like Scrimmager or Fudge. Kinsey, I can see being Fudge. Yeah. Dick. Plus, yeah, you know, Lalek says, plus she has the priors that can function as Death Eaters. Absolutely. Or um, or Dementors. That works. Or Dementors, both. Both. So, yeah. like, the Priors liked the Death Ears and the Dementors had a baby, and it was a prior. Gross. I just grossed myself out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, my mother and I are going shopping tomorrow. First, we're going to get our nails done, and we're going to get a pedicure because I haven't had a pedicure in forever, and when you got diabetes, you got to get your feet done pretty regularly. Um, to prevent, you know, stuff from happening. And uh, I picked up my toenail polish because, fuck this, if there's no topic, then I'm just going to discuss what's going to happen tomorrow. Okay. we still got a couple minutes. I'm thinking and... I'm going to go with pink, maybe a rose, um, because this is going to be my last summer pedicure before winter. I usually go dark reds for the winter. Um, so, and currently, I was going to say, what's that one shade that Queen Elizabeth has? The very nice, pale um, pink. Ballet slippers. Ballet slippers. Practically nothing. Um, I'm actually going to paint my toenails 
because you melted in the sun. It's an OPI color. It's a pink, sheer. Oh, it's almost sheer. It's pink, and it has a um, a glitter. It's C-O-Z-U-M-E-L-T-E-D in the sun, because you melted in the sun. And it's adorable. Now, Ballet Slippers is an Essie color, and that's um, Queen Elizabeth's color. Essie discontinued Ballet Slippers, and Elizabeth found out and pitched a royal fit, and then they started making the the uh, the uh, the again, again just for her, just for her. So, yeah. So tomorrow I'm getting my toenails painted because you melted in the sun. It's OPI, and, and Lady Holder provided a link. And my nieces <laughs> all insisted on having their toenails painted um, the queen's color, ballet slippers. And there's the link to that. But um, I'm going to go probably a fair and red square for winter. It's a shiny red. Anyways, so there we go, toenail polishes. Oh, good Google. What red? Oh, it's, a it's, color. Um, it's called um, an affair in red square. And it's got. Yeah. And it's a. It, it's a really dark red, and it has a a shine to it. It's gorgeous. Absolutely There's gorgeous. The color. I prefer the OPI colors. Um, polishes. I'm currently wearing um, Big Apple Red, which is lovely. It's it's a very true red, um, not very. Uh, shiny at all. Anyways, tonight has been one big fuck up after another, and I want to thank everybody who stayed tuned in and listened to nonsense, and if you're listening on the podcast and you lasted the whole show, congratulations. You're a fucking saint, and I mean like boondock. And on that note, um, have a great weekend. Don't do anything I wouldn't do. again. Get laid, get drunk, and shut up and sit During May Memorial Month. Now through May 31st, we will accept your credit application. A $200 down payment and a $350 a week paycheck can get you a new Mitsubishi. Don't forget, every new vehicle comes with our 10-year unlimited warranty. You can win $5,000 with our 5K test drive giveaway. Visit BillPennyMitsubishi.com. To qualify buyers on approved credit, warranty valid through 10-year ownership on new vehicles only. One entry per household per month. Must be 21 with valid driver's license and insurance. See dealer for details.